Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Hope you had a great week. And we are praying that this next coming week is going to be really God-inspired. And so I'm always thankful that you listen to the show and, and really want to be all that God has created you to be and enjoy the life that he has given you. Obviously, that doesn't mean without hardship or heartache or effort, but there are ways that we can make sure that we have meaning and purpose versus just fun and stuff and, you know, good feelings. Because meaning and purpose oftentimes really gives us long-lasting good feelings and makes sense sometimes of our life and of our world. So we're talking about being the best version of you. And what that really means, and God gave this to me in the 90s when I started using that, when I created that slogan, be the, your own best version. And it really came from God helping me to understand my own value and that he's the one that designed me. He's the artist. He created me. He had an idea. He thought me up. And that instead of me fighting him about who I am, I need to kind of embrace it, go along with it, trust that what he thought he was creating was good because he was happy that he created me. He said he knew me before I was formed. He created in my mother's womb and how beautifully, wonderfully made I am. So many times that's hard for me to believe. It's kind of a lofty thought. But I want to trust God. He doesn't lie. So whenever I get a little bit discouraged or a lot discouraged when I let myself down, when I'm frustrated, when I'm struggling, when I'm tired, I remind myself that God has equipped me to be everything he has called me to be. Not to be everything, but to be everything I'm supposed to be. And that the search is searching out God's heart to know who that person really is. Because we all have a version of who we want to be. And I, I, I did a lot of years as I was growing up and in my young adult life trying to be somebody that I thought was respected or I thought was valued instead of really being the one that God made, the design, getting to know his design. And so it's been very helpful, very encouraging, very inspiring, and a lot less work to just be who he has created me to be and then to be doing all that overcoming of self so I'm actually the best version of me. So we left off last week. We talked about really getting eight hours of sleep a night, your body, really taking care of your body, knowing how much sleep you need, knowing what you need to eat, what works for you, drinking water, being grateful, forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself. And I'll tell you what. The more forgiving I am of myself, the more forgiving I am of others. When I withhold forgiveness from myself, I have a tendency to be more judgmental of others. So you're with yourself 24 hours a day, 
seven days a week, and then you'll be in eternity, and you'll be with you forever. So you want to make peace with yourself, and you want to learn to forgive yourself. You want to learn to live at peace with you, because you can't get away from you, right? Everywhere you go, there you are. And so you want to remind yourself that forgiving myself doesn't mean it's okay. I mean, if, if you have to forgive something, obviously there's something wrong. We don't, we don't forgive things that are right. So forgiving myself doesn't let me off the hook. It simply gives me a new chance to start again. It gives me the opportunity to learn from something so I don't have to keep repeating the same sin. And it helps me be more forgiving of others. It also allows me to accept the healing grace of God so that I'm renewed and restored. And whatever consequences come from the sin that I uh, entered into, it's going to be a lot easier to overcome those consequences. If I have God helping me and God's on my side and I've forgiven myself because he's forgiven me. So that means that God and I are on the same page. So however big the consequences, however small the consequences, for whatever sin I engaged in, it's much more manageable. So we need to be kind. Forgiveness is a kindness that we offer others. And we do know that it's much easier to forgive others many times than ourselves. But if you can be kind to you, you create a less stressful environment for you. And everywhere you go, you will be less stressful. And you will be a lot more flexible. Life won't be as, as difficult. You won't be bracing yourself every time. You kind of go with the flow, right? It's like we know that saying, the drunk driver always survives the crash. And it's horrible. But it's true. Because that person is not fighting where it's going. So many times we have to say to ourselves, I need to be flexible. If I messed up, I better relax. Because if I start bracing myself, I will probably sin more. So we be kind. And one of the ways that we be kind to ourselves is we say no. And yes, you can say no very kindly. Our time is limited. Our energy is limited. Our resources are limited. We have to prioritize. We can't do our world just horizontally as if everything has the same value. We need to understand vertical. What gets the most priority? What gets the most effort? Where do I put the majority of my energy into? And I need to be able to say no to things, even if they're a great idea, because I can't do everything. I'm not God. I'm not omniscient, om omnipresent, right? I can't be everywhere all the time. So I need to remind myself that no is my best friend. And if you have trouble with saying no, please go to the website. We did a great show on no is my best friend. The art of saying no. And really making sure that that's a skill that you have acquired and that you have honed. The better I am able to say no, the better my life is. And the better I say no, so that my no, it, the way I'm saying no doesn't feel so uncomfortable to people. And it doesn't hurt their feelings as much. And they don't think like that they're somehow weird for asking it. Or that I'm, I don't know, purposefully saying no to them because I don't think they're worth it. So when I feel more comfortable with the word no, I can say it so much more graciously. And I can believe it. I'm not saying it 
with trepidation. I'm not saying it with an uncertainty like, oh, gosh, I hope I'm not in trouble. I hope they're not mad at me. I'm saying it very confidently that I've thought this out. I know my capacity. I don't want to let you down, and I will let you down if I say yes. Is Even though I love the opportunity, I love the idea, I have to be a grown-up, and I have to say no. I can't do everything. I hope you've asked me again. So what this does is helps us to like ourselves. So you need to learn to like you. And, you know, we do know that love is a choice, isn't it? So I don't like everything about me, and I don't like everything I do. I don't like everything I think. I don't like everything in my past. But I can be friends with me, and I can live at peace with me, and I can get along with me. And the better I practice loving myself, and I don't mean in a self-aggrandizing manner, right? The more I forgive myself, the more I appreciate myself, the kinder I am to myself, the better I like myself. And I enjoy my own company. I tell people all the time, they, I, they laugh, but I say, you know, my favorite things, laughing and thinking. Those are my favorite things to do. At least the top five, in the top five. I love laughing, and I love thinking, and I don't mind being with me, and I like to be with me. Not all the time, obviously. I'm not a hermit, but you can learn to like being with you. The more you like being with you, the more others will like being with you. you there will be a calm about you. You will be at peace with you. You'll be so much easier to be around and so much more flexible. So learn to like yourself so that you learn to be alone. Read. The lost art of reading, right? And I don't mean just getting on the internet and browsing through a whole bunch of sites. I mean picking up a book. Reading some of the great writers that have been here on, the, uh, on this planet, that have, have put effort into such amazing pieces of literary art. Read some of the great things. Read some really amazing novels. Read some things that help you be the better version of you. Read your Bible. Read commentaries about areas in the Bible you don't understand. Read about some of the great priests and prophets and read about different saints. They have phenomenal lives that we can learn from. And so this is enriching. It's easier to watch television. I, I'm, I'm the same. I like to just relax and watch TV. And, but I know that I feel better about myself and I have more to offer when I am feeding my mind. Actual, true fodder for thought. So read. Work out, right? Walk. Just walk. If all you can do is walk, walk. Go to the mall, walk around. Walk in your building. Walk up and down the stairs. You don't have to make it a big ordeal of, of your workout. You just want to keep moving. You have to remember that people prior to the advent of the car, they never had to purposefully exercise because their life required physical effort. Our lives don't really require physical effort. So we have to do that by choice. And you will be amazed at how well your mind works, how well your, your heart, how your emotional realm works when your body is being tended to. So work out. Do some sort of activity every day that gets the blood flowing. And here's a really good secret. Stretch. 
everyday stretch. One of the things we know about aging is that the, the less people stretch, the more easily injured they are. And the harder their joints are used. And the less blood flow they have. So stretch every day. Your body loves to stretch. And breathe deeply. Breathe. And we talked about this last time. You cannot live without air. The Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Breathe. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about how to be your own best version. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today and just being a part of this community that really this show is about being the best version of you, being your own best version. And that has been my slogan since the 90s when God really just helped me to understand that I want to be the best version of me. Nobody can do me like I can do me. And when you think about versions, I'm updating. So I'm always renewing. I'm always updating. I'm always becoming closer to the original design. When God had thought me up, when he created me and he designed me. And so that's what you want to remind yourself. You are a piece of art. Does the art talk back to God? Do the things that you create talk back to you? See, if I write songs, do those songs refuse to be played the way I want to play them? Do they refuse to be played at all? I wrote them. I play them the way I want to play them. What if those songs were talking to one another saying, I don't like how she plays this part. I'm just not going to participate. Right? So think about God saying, I'm playing you in many ways. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'm a coach. I'm helping you be everything you can possibly be. So we've been talking about what can we do every day to help that process. And we, we left off about just stretching and breathing, being willing to be in your own body and feel it. See, so many of us are so in our head, we're not even aware of our bodies sometimes. And many of us hate our bodies we despise our bodies. And I have to tell you, it, 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 that's hard on the body. Because your body is hardwired to live. It fights to live. And how this, one of the ways we know this is when people, uh, you know, I'm, I've been a therapist, psychotherapist for almost 30 years. And I have had some people at suicide. And it is tragic. But I'm telling you what, it's not easy. And many times people have attempted suicide and they survived. And they were super angry. Because see, your body is on your side. Everything it's doing, it's doing to help you. Everything your body is attempting to do or overcome is to serve you. You need to care for it. It is your best friend. You can't be on this planet without a body. So you want to take care of your body because you don't get another one. Now, when we go to heaven, I don't know what we're, what we're going to look like. We get a glorified body because this body doesn't go with us to heaven. So I have a lot of compassion on my body. 
when I realized that, that this body's not going to heaven with me, that this is as good as it gets for this body is down here, I thought, I probably need to be a little kinder and gentler to this body because this is the only life it gets. And it's working really hard for me. No matter what I do to it, it tries to give me the best version of itself. It's busy, busy overcoming what I do to it, supporting me in what I'm trying to do, healing as quickly as possible, resisting diseases. It's fighting battles all day I don't know anything about. It's so kind to do all these things behind the scenes because usually when we're aware of our bodies, it's because something is so wrong it can't take care of it on its own. So I want you to care about the vehicle that God put you in. He chose it specifically for you. So breathe, stretch, exercise, eat well. Think good thoughts towards your body. Be kind to you. So think about this. As you hold yourself to a higher standard, you are much better able to hold others to a higher standard. I work really hard at being able to feel very confident and ethical if I hold someone accountable in my office. If I am confronting somebody in my office, I make sure that I do the same to myself. I don't want to be that person with a double standard or that's a hypocrite that holds my, my, my patients accountable for certain things, but I, I go home and I do all kinds of things that I would never encourage somebody else to do or that I would confront somebody on. So I hold myself to a higher standard. And when I see others fail, guess what? I forgive them easily because I know that I'll probably fail and I will need forgiveness. And always remember again, forgiveness does not mean agreement. Forgiveness does not mean it's okay. Forgiveness is a necessity for humans. We cannot live without forgiveness. So create huge dreams, but break them down into small parts. Enjoy the fact that you have a dream. Don't pressure yourself into thinking you're a failure if the dream never occurs. We need to have dreams that cause us to be inspired about getting up every day. Because there are dreams that I have had that I'm very thankful did not come to fruition. But I really enjoyed working on them, thinking about them, seeing if I could make them happen. And some of the dreams were great dreams, but you know, God's like, yeah, thanks for sharing, Cynthia, but I'm not in it. I'm not in that dream. So I've had to relinquish dreams that I thought were really good, knowing that God knows better. And so I talked to God about my dreams. I say, what do you think about this idea? I think this would be a great idea. And what I have found is the things that God is in versus my ideas, right? He always makes a way to have it happen. Because then I know the dream is inspired by him. And so when you're doing this, create to-do lists. And I don't mean exhaustive to-do lists, but what you'll find, and we've talked about this before on the show, your brain is just like the GPS in your car. They have found this out. It is just crazy what we are learning about the brain. The brain is like your GPS. You put an address into the GPS of your car, it immediately creates a route. Maybe it'll ask you which, uh, which between whichever routes you want to take. Maybe it'll just give you one. And every time you go against that route, it will reroute you. So this is why to-do lists are so helpful to your brain. The brain says, oh, thank you. 
we're going to start making a way to get that done. We're going to start making a way to have space for that. We're going to start saving energy in order to do that thing on the to-do list. We're going to remind you about that thing you put on that to-do list. So that helps us learn something new every day. Learn something new. Find out something. Learn something new about another person. Do something that, that maybe scares you. And I don't mean like evil, like creepy Halloween stuff. I mean, take a risk. You know, it could be just as easy as this, driving the speed limit. Maybe that scares you because you're afraid, oh gosh, if I drive the speed limit, I'll never get there and I'll go out of my mind. Or maybe you need to try a new hairstyle. Maybe for us as women, less makeup, maybe more makeup. Maybe I need to care more about how I look. Maybe I need to care less about how I look. Maybe I need to do something scary like just being nice to somebody or giving someone a compliment or telling someone that they hurt my feelings. So this helps us choose to be happy. There are so many good things that are happening in our world. So many good things on a daily basis all around us that are good, wonderful, righteous, lovely things. So we want to choose to think on those things. It doesn't mean that we're going to be Pollyanna and ignore trouble and heartache and toil and strain. That's just part of living. But let's focus on some happy things. Some things that are truly sweet, truly happy, truly uplifting. And give those to other people as well. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment because you know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about irritating habits that people do that they don't even know they do. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Well, if you're just joining us right now, you're at the half hour mark. So we have done the first half hour and we talked all about ways that you can be your own best version, how to take care of yourself and things to do to really be the best version of you. And so we've done last week on that as well. So make sure you go to the website. You can check out the shows and listen to them in their entirety. Just go to CynthiaHyatt.com. And at the top of the homepage, you'll see a button, a word says listen. Just click on the listen and it'll take you right to the page and scroll all the way down because we've got different radio shows and we've got this radio show. We've got some videos. Uh, we've got some music videos. So make sure that you check that out. So I'm glad you're here and we are going to now shift gears a little bit. Because we've been doing all these things that you can do to be the best version of you. And now I'm going to talk about what are some habits that make people irritating and they probably don't even know it. So what are some habits that we might do relationally, conversationally, in our, in our work style, in our relationship style, in our parenting style, whatever it may be, our friendships, that would be really irritating to people. And we might not even know we're doing it. Or we may know we're doing it, but really think that our way of doing it isn't that irritating. So I want you to think about what are the things that you have to kind of overcome when you're in a conversation with someone, when you're hanging out with them, and you go, oh, gosh, I hate it when they do that. Oh, here they go again. Here they're doing it again, right? So generally, 
what you want to think about is, I better make sure that I don't do that very same thing, just a version of it that's a version of mine. What if I do sort of the same thing, that habit, but I don't think it's so bad coming from me. I just don't like the way that they do it. So think about these. Because people may be irritating without realizing it. You know, whether it's being on the phone, when other people are talking to them, whether they're interrupting people when they speak, whether, you know, whatever it is, there's these habits that are kind of annoying. And I like this writer. Her name is Christine Felizar. And she, she wrote a lot about this. And I've added a whole bunch to it from some other people as well and my own sources. So, and my own ideas about these, this whole irritating type of tendency that humans have. And so when we look at this, we find out that there are some habits that are annoying or perceived as annoying by certain people. And it may seem harmless to the person that's doing it. But we have lots of experts that I, and I've done some research on this, that say this really is easy to fix. And I do this every day in my office. I, I give people feedback about how they are being experienced, how they are coming across. Because one of the things I drive home in, my, in, in all the sessions I do with all of my patients is I say to them, you know, people don't always remember a lot of what I say, but they do remember the experience. So if I'm giving people a good experience of me, they're going to be much more forgiving. If I have some bad habits, some quirky habits, some annoying habits, irritating habits. So a lot of people really wind up inadvertently irritating people. They don't even know they're doing it. And so let's talk about what most people find to be irritating. What would it be a personality clash with someone? You know, what, what to someone would be inconsiderate and may not be inconsiderate to somebody else? See, a clash of personalities is difficult to kind of remedy. Because this is where, you know, it just may be that this isn't your type of person. You're not really clicking with them. But that's not really what we're talking about. We're not talking about personality. We're talking about specific habits that humans do that for the most part are irritating to everyone. Because most of us will experience these particular habits as quite inconsiderate. Kind of off-putting. Kind of shuts down conversations. And so we want to increase self-awareness. That's part of being your own best version, is you knowing you, you knowing what's original to you that is not going to change, and you knowing the things you learned that can change if they need to change, and you know the things about you that are just lazy, sloppy, being a sloppy version of yourself, just not wanting to, like, tighten up, kind of wanting to be what we would say immature. Like, we don't expect children to be... Up little humans with a lot of self-control, so we overcome all kinds of bad things they do, like picking their nose, right? Things like this, because they're little kids. But when we're adults, we have to think about, you know, is that really something that I want to bring <clears throat> to the interaction with this person? Is this going to be uplifting to them, or are they going to be so busy overcoming my off-putting habit that they're going to have a hard time getting to the things they really like about me. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next hour. We're going to talk about some of these irritating and annoying habits that many of us do that we don't even know that we do. 
welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're joining me just now, I'm so glad that you did, and I want to make sure that you can listen to this show in its entirety, as well as all the other shows that we have. And they are on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. They are also on the, the radio station's website at 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. You just look at my name for that under the host, and it'll take you to all those shows. And you can listen to any number of them in whatever order you would like. And so I appreciate also that you like sending them to your friends. And we are busy working on getting them out to all the major podcast servers so that they're organized. in, And you can really listen on your favorite podcast server to the shows as well. So we are talking about really being the best version of you. And we started out, if you remember, in January saying this is going to be our best year ever. So we are talking about all those things that help us to have a really good year. Because the goal is all the things that we learn in this year will integrate them and take them into the following years. And our life will continuously get better. Now, not necessarily always easier and not without pain, but we'll manage it better and we will enjoy ourselves and others much better. And we will probably hear much better from God as to what he is really wanting us to do. And we will be much more open to the things God has for us and much less afraid to take those risks. So we're talking about these irritating habits that we all do, and sometimes we don't even know that we're doing them. Or, interestingly enough, we may know we're doing it, but think that the way we do it isn't that irritating right? So what's one of the first ones? And I'm sure you've experienced this. This is the tendency to make everything about yourself. So what what happens when someone's making everything about them, right? Well, I want you to, first of all, be forgiving, kind, give them the benefit of the doubt. Many times when people are seem to be making the conversation about themselves. It has a lot to do with them relating. It's a way to relate. Like, hey, I had that same exact experience. I know what that feels like. So we don't want to initially think they're just being arrogant or self-centered. They might not realize that they haven't given that person telling their story to talk about their story long enough. So one of the things you want to think about If you're hearing someone tell a story about themselves or an experience they had or the way they feel about something or whatever it was that you relate to, what I want you to think about is first ask them some more questions. Like, wow, was there anything else about that that you remember? Or have you learned something from that? Or how painful was it? Whatever you can ask that shows them that you were listening to the story. Then, instead of saying, launching into your own, you might want to say, you know, I'd like to share just a similar thing. I kind of had a similar experience. And then what you want to do is make sure it's as short as possible. And that's one of the ways that we work real well at sharing. So I want you to think about that's, that's kind of like the, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that if you're making everything about yourself, that it might be because you're really just trying to relate. Because the other option, the other possibility, is people make everything about them because they really just want to talk all about them. And so what the, the way you know that that's happening is they are taking your story 
and starting a new story that's completely unrelated to the one that you just talked about. So they're letting you finish your story, and then they launch into one that has nothing to do with what you just talked about. That's one of those really irritating habits because it shuts down all kinds of intimacy and sharing. As soon as you start in your own story that has absolutely nothing to do, it's unrelated to the one you just heard, you're basically saying, I'm not interested in that, that's stupid, and I have a better one, and I want it to be about me. So I'm going to talk now about me. And it really shuts down the other person. It's pretty demeaning, kind of demoralizing, and rejecting. So be very careful. So when you learn to be a good listener, I want you to practice being interested in the story. You can put yourself in their story and say, hey, how would I feel about that? Or what would it be like if that happened to me? Or you can begin to say, wow, I would probably be really hurt if that happened to me. Because those are great comments to make as a way to say, I'm with you in that story. I hear you. I relate to you. I think I'd, ha I'd really be upset too. And that helps it to be conversational. That also helps it to create better intimacy. So learning how to actively listen is imperative for good relationships. Actively listening says, I'm going to repeat back what I heard the person say. So if they say, yeah, I couldn't believe the person just slammed the door in my face and didn't even know they did it, I might say to them, they slammed the door in your face, you didn't, man, and they didn't even, they just walked away like they didn't even know it. And then as soon as I say that, I'm validating that other person. And they go, yeah, because they actually feel as if you heard them. And that's part of active listening. One of the best things that you can do if you struggle with active listening because you start thinking of all the things that you want to say, just start repeating in your head what you're hearing them say. That will help you stay attending to what they're saying and not go off in your head on all the things that you want to think about and talk about. So what that leads to is the second one that is really annoying, that we know is annoying and irritating, and that's interrupting, right? Now, women are notorious for this. And when I do gender differences and I talk about how you talk to a men versus how you talk to women, I say to women, men really don't interrupt each other. And they don't like being interrupted. They lose their train of thought. It's derailing. But I remind men, I say, you know, if it's a positive interaction you're having with a woman and she's excited about what you're talking about, she may interrupt, she may interject. Because women's relating style has a tendency to be more interruptive. We have a tendency to talk on top of each other because we're talking and listening at the same time. And that's really not how a man's brain works. And so you really want to think about, okay, is this just it, people being excited and we're all jumping in? Or is it getting to the place where the person that's talking isn't even able to talk anymore? Like, well, they've lost all, nobody's even listening anymore to the story. They've taken it off on some completely different tangent. So be ca very careful about why you're interrupting and interjecting that you're either doing it to show the listener that you're interested and with them or you're going to give them the impression you're doing it because you devalue what they're saying and it's not as important as what you want to say. So be very careful about the interrupting. We do get excited about what we want to share and many times we don't realize how derailing it is to people and then it can really come across as rude and, and that person feeling very disregarded. 
Like what they're saying isn't important. So if you want to say something and you know you shouldn't interrupt, write it down. I've done that before when I've said to people, you know, I just don't, don't bother. Don't, don't worry about me writing. I just am writing some things down because I don't want to interrupt you. And I want to make sure I remember because these, this is important. And people are very able to manage that. So this whole thing about making everything about them or interrupting is similar when we talked a lot about trying too hard to relate. And when people are trying too hard to relate, one of the things I do, one of the biggest things I coach people on when prepping them for any kind of networking events or when they're going to a, a, just any, a, a party, a family event, is I say to them, you know, make sure you ask questions. You will be much better received if you are asking questions, if you look interested in those other people. And that you are adult enough to know, you know what? It might just need to be about them. Because I'm going to show interest in them. And they may not, at this event, seek to understand me or relate to me or ask about me. But what you will find, you will be the person that's remembered. Because it's so rare for people out in the world today to have people interested in them. That they will remember you. And there will be another opportunity that they will be interested in you. And so what you're doing is you're making stronger connections. You're not just trying to get everything done in that one interaction. And this is very important to be able to show true interest, true concern. So what we do is we want to fix this, this whole idea about interrupting. And so we, we can do things like reflective listening. We can do open-ended questions. We can also add a statement that includes sentiments, right? Well, so I can, say, I can say to them, wow, so when that person just slammed the door in your face, how disrespected did you feel? I know I would feel really disrespected. I don't know if I would handle it as well as you did. So I'm able to give a part of me. At the same time, I'm validating what they're saying. So this leads into the, one of the more famous ones, and that's, that's the person that insists on being right all the time. And this is a really annoying habit that can come off as so annoying when someone always has to be right. And when you know they're switching the conversation when they find out maybe they're not right. They're trying to continue to say it in a different way, saying, well, that's really not what I said. I'm trying to say it like this. So you want to think about that, you know, in general conversation, correcting someone really never used to be acceptable at all. But what, we'll, what we find now is that people are much more willing to confront, to say, hey, that doesn't sound right, or no, that's not what happened. And in some ways, it's really good. But we have to be careful that we do it in a way that's still kind, still courteous, and still respects the person. Because we don't want that person to get defensive or to feel like they're attacked or that they're being, you know, put under a microscope. And so that they have to be worried every time they open their mouth to, to not be criticized. So if someone says something and it's not completely accurate, but the broader sentiment is right, you know, it really might be worth just letting it slide. It doesn't mean you're playing dumb. It means that you're being polite. Does it really need to be corrected? 
And that's where you have to say as an adult, what are we really trying to do here? Is, is this a class that we're doing where we're teaching information, they're going to be tested on it, or are we just conversating? So how important is it that it is 100% accurate? Now this is the one we're going to kind of end on today because we're going to revisit this. And we're going to talk more about those irritating habits that people do in next week's show. But this last one is, I know everyone is guilty of this, and it's finding your phone more interesting than anything else going on. And, and that there's this tendency to cost, constantly be glancing at your phone. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, I'm listening, but you're glancing at your phone. Or you're taking it, or, or you're answering something, or you're actually texting in front of somebody while they're talking. This is one of the most demeaning, demoralizing things you can do to someone. The person is physically in front of you. You're sharing actual concrete time and space. And you can't give them enough time to focus on them. Because think about this. Not everything is an emergency. Cell phones are pretty brand new on the scene. What did people used to do? They used to have to wait. People, people just answered the phone when the phone rang, and if it was busy, they called back. So we were much better at attending to the person in front of us and not getting into this anxiety moment of thinking you're going to miss out on something. That's part of being an adult. It's a part of self-control. And you will be amazed at the respect you get if you can control that one behavior. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great week, and I'll speak to you next week again on all these things that we can do to be the best version of ourselves. God bless you. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.